0: you stand with me for the reading of uh, God's Word we're in uh, Hebrews today chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 <clears throat> therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one or another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching this is god's word you may be seated
1: thank you sir well um so good to see so many people here this morning welcome to refuge church welcome back if it's been a while for you. I'm just so happy to, to be with you all this morning. Um, just a reminder, we're having um, – we, we have that great need to, to get as many people here to stuff backpacks for the Hugh Cole School. So if you um, – that's going to be August, August 14th, and we're going to meet here I think at 10 a.m., and um, it'll probably take two or three hours, so the more the merrier, right? So if you could just um, – if you're interested in helping out on that day, you just go see that whiteboard at the end of service and sign up. Um, so that we know how many people we have to help out that day. And also this Thursday, I don't think we mentioned this, but this Thursday we're gonna be in, at the Burris Hill Park with all this stuff. Um, and there's gonna be an outdoor movie at around 8.30. So the so the gates open at 6.30, there's just activities that'll be going on for, for families and whatnot. And then around 8.30, they're gonna be showing, I think, cheaper by the dozen, something like that. So it's gonna be a, a lot of fun. I hope that everyone can come. Um, bring your kids, grandkids, nephews, whoever. Um, it's gonna be a blast. It's, it's an opportunity for our church to interact with our community um, and just uh, build relationships and trust so that we can share Christ with them. So I hope that, I hope that you can come and see us there and, um, and we'll have a lot of fun, okay? Um, but yeah, so here we are together, um, many of us in person, some of us online, um, and it's been an interesting past year, hasn't it? Uh, around uh, February of 2020, I think we probably all heard the news that our lives, our country, and even our, our world would be at a standstill. It seemed like like a, just a blizzard hit the entire globe. And we all sort of were peering out through our windows, sort of watching it happen in the comfort and safety of our own homes. And maybe we would trek outside <laughs> for the essentials like food or water and so on. Um, but life changed for us dramatically as we normally knew it. I was told, when I was told, and, or at least became aware of the, of the fact that we wouldn't be able to gather together weekly or regularly as a, as a local church, um, this news sort of kind of hit me hard um, because of the great value that I have, that I've placed on gathering together, um, uh, because of the relationships that we have together, that we all know and enjoy, um, but mo- more importantly, I think, because the Bible instructs us to gather together regularly to, um, as a, sort of a, a, an, the engine of part of our discipleship, our growth in Christ, right? Um, so we knew um, that a time of crisis sh- just might put on hold a little while, um, our normal sort of routines together, our togetherness. That this would be put on hold for a little while but i also knew that um, that we've been instructed by our lord um, to not just hear sermons right through audio files or say hello to uh, each other through screens um, but to be together right to be the church how long would this go on for how long could we allow it to go on for thankfully a few months later we were able to gather um, in person with some restrictions as you know many of you remember the the chapel looked a little bit weird we had chairs all over the place we were all wearing masks and but at least we could be together again and and we started um, enjoying again some of what was normal to us even though it had been put on pause for three months Um, thankfully uh, um, even now to this day even more restrictions have been lifted, we're able to gather together in more, way, more uh, normal ways that we're used to. And I know, watching the news now, we wonder, is that going to last long? Um, and we all wonder what's next. But today, in spite of all this, is a celebration of sorts. It's a special service devoted to celebrating the gathering of God's people. The fact that we, as professors of Jesus Christ, in our common faith, know and love and serve Jesus together. That we're not on our own. That, we're, that the church is a glowing thing in our living room. That it has a heart. It has flesh and blood. And it's more than just people because the people in scripture is called the body of Christ. So this, is, this isn't more just people that believe in Jesus. This is a representative of who Jesus is on earth that we're here for each other for that end. So this morning, I want to talk to you about why we gather and why it's important, how precious it is to us. I hope that if you're a Christian this morning, this message will, res- will just inspire you and remind you of the vital link of our commitment to each other as a church and our growth in Christ as a community. Uh, we have a tagline in our church that you might have heard if you've been around here long enough. Um, we say it often, we want every life alive. We want lives to thrive. We want, we want you to realize all that God has um, created you to be, right? And we also believe that the way that every life is alive is through Jesus Christ, right? So our desire is that in Christ, life would be lived to the fullest, filled with joy, hope, and purpose in spite of the challenges that we might face, So I hope that we see through this text that we read, um, what are some of the vital tools that God equips us with, the reasoning behind our gathering together, and the great joy that we have to enjoy it. So welcome back. If you are back here for the first time in a while, welcome back. Um, It's so good to have you. If you're here for the first time, perhaps, welcome. (laughs) Um, It's so great to have you today as our guest. Our text that we read teaches us some things about our gathering as a local church, why, why we do it, what it means, what it is, and why it's important. So I want to focus on that a little bit now and just make some observations about what, the, what our gathering is, what the church is. The first thing that we see about our gathering together as God's people is that it is holy. Right. right, let's read verse 19 again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of jesus by a new and living way for us through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great it says in verse 21 since we have a great high priest over the house of god now these verses tell us something that i think connects to the local church or to the gathering of god's people that i think is important it tells us that as believers in christ we this is the principle that we read in here you can't get anything else but this When you put faith in Jesus Christ, you have free and open access to the love and presence of God in in your life. And that is everything that you need. Your creator draws you near him. Scripture says over and over again in the Psalms, who will dwell in your sanctuary? Often this question, the sanctuary in scripture is the presence of God. It's God as a friend with you, right? So these verses tell us this amazing principle that we have free and open access to God, and therefore we're brothers and sisters because we can approach God together. Now let's be clear about something. This text, and what I'm not saying, and I don't think this text is saying, that to go to church on Sunday is the same as being in heaven in the presence of God, right? It's 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 holy in this way, in, in, Kind of like this, but let me clarify. The privilege of every believer is to know the presence and love of God now, not later in heaven, not one day when we meet Jesus. We'll know it more fully then because our flesh will be gone. That which is sinful about us will be shed, right? But we can experience the presence of God now, the moment you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That life can be yours currently, right? So the privilege of every believer is to know the presence and love of God now and to know, his, and know it fully when he returns. The gathering of God's people is a precursor to that final gathering of God's people. You see, in other words, what, what we're, what, when we get together, it almost should be like a picture of what God is going to do at the end of time when Christ returns. He's going to call from the north and the south and the east and west, every nation, everyone that's called on Jesus Christ, and gather them together as his bride. So when we get together, we sort of get a window into heaven, you see? And not only that, let's add to that this very simple principle that that scripture says that when we gather, we gather as his body, the body of Christ. And where the body of Christ is, the presence of Jesus is. So there is a form in which that when we gather, we gather as the presence of Christ together, as representatives of his body from the north and south and east and west, so that where we are, he is also. So it says in Matthew 18:20 that when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in your midst, right? To love in Matthew chapter twenty-five, to love and serve the body of Jesus is to love Jesus Himself. That's the great privilege we have today. To know each other is sort of a, is to know Christ Himself. To love and serve the body is to serve Jesus. To gather together is to have His presence with us. So this passage seems pretty clear to me that it's comparing our present gathering with the future gathering of all God's people for all time. Does that make sense? Where Christ is present. So our gathering is sacred, it is holy, it is set apart. It's not like just getting together with a bunch of people to go bowling somewhere. That's fun and that's fine. But the gathering of God's people has the holy presence of Christ himself, amen? The second thing that we see about gathering together, it is in an, as God's people, when we gather together, it is an undeserved gift. And here's what it says it is an undeserved gift because in verse 19 we gather by the blood of christ right therefore brothers and sisters we have confidence to enter the most holy place that is that the presence of god as his body by the blood of christ in other words jesus paid with his own life the most the highest price so that we could be his body that we could be united together in our common faith as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. So it is a gift purchased for us by the blood of Christ. Verse 20, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. So friends, like I said, the church, what we're doing when we gather, it's sort of a microcosm of God's people who have been rescued by the blood of Jesus throughout human history the unity of the body of God's people together that Jesus describes in so many places, especially if you read John 17. The pleasure of salvation that we experience together, but that we, enjo- that we will enjoy in Christ's kingdom, is, to, is bestowed upon us, all these things are given to us as a gift by God's grace. So your blood doesn't ma- make you be able to enter into the most holy presence of God, the blood of Christ does. You see, he purchased the body, God's people, with his blood so that we could approach him by his grace and favor. Jesus died. Here, here's what I'm saying in a nutshell, okay? Jesus died so that we could be his body gathered together to know and love his presence. Isn't that great? The gift of God's grace bought with Jesus' blood is in this gathering right now. God's people. It's with us this morning. So when we gather weekly or whenever it is that we gather with each other throughout the week, we're reminded of the fact that we shouldn't even be able to do this, but because of the grace of God, we can. Isn't that good news? Number three, not only is it holy, not only is it an undeserved gift that we can gather and be God's people together, It is also a promised birthright of the new birth. Let me explain to you what I mean. It says we have confidence to enter. Did you see this? We can have the bold confidence to know that I can approach the presence of God and not be rejected by him, but be accepted by him. And how is it that I can be accepted by Christ? How is it that I can have this bold confidence? Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. So you see what it's saying? The reason that we can approach the presence of God confidently and boldly is because God has sprinkled his forgiveness on us, the blood of Christ. That's what this means. Our hearts have been sprinkled to cleanse us From a guilty conscience. He's talking about the work of Jesus on the cross for us. So because the blood of Christ has satisfied the just demands of the law of the Father, we are forgiven so that we can approach God with confidence and not with fear. We don't have to think, well, you know, I messed up a lot a year ago, so I can't approach confidently anymore. I can't be in the presence of God's people in his body, in union with them because I'm just too bad. I've done too much bad stuff. I've betrayed people, I've let everyone down around me, and now I've got no hope. But scripture says that faith in Jesus allows sinners, the greatest of sinners, to sit alongside all of each other in a chorus of praise for the grace of God. You see, we are one in Christ, not because we're good, not because we deserve to be here, but because of what Jesus has done for us. So we don't use that, by the way, as a license to continue in sin. We've talked about that at length, right? But the grace of God, the the fact that there is no condemnation in Christ causes us to be able to rejoice with him and want to follow him and desire to be like him. The presence of God in our gathering is a promise. Not because um, it's not a promise made on the basis of our virtue or that we merited it, but because he promised it by his grace. So we gather in faith together in Jesus' promise. We don't gather because we feel like we deserve to be here. We gather because God's justice has been satisfied in Christ. So we can approach him boldly. God's justice was satisfied already. So that in our gathering we have the confidence of a present loving and good heavenly father. That he will receive us. Amen? So you know what? If you're a prodigal, welcome back. Your sin is forgiven. It's gone. It's buried in the deepest sea. It's separated as far as the east is from the west. Welcome back. God accepts you by his grace through faith. It is gone. It is finished. It is done. And there's no condemnation. Amen? The promise that God makes that we can approach him can be trusted because it's based on the victory of Jesus Christ not on yours since we have it says verse 21 we have a great high priest over the house of God you say what is this sort of religious gobbledygook language I don't understand this you know what a priest does in the old testament he brings a sacrifice to satisfy the justice of God for sin so that sinners can approach him what does that sound like friends Jesus is called, in the New Testament, the great high priest because he brings himself, his own blood, his own sacrifice so that we can approach him. Our gathering together is undeserved, but it is a promise that we can confidently approach God's presence as God's people, as his body, as, a, as an assurance of faith. Amen? But Christ, it says in Hebrews 3:6. Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house. God's people, are, we are his house. So our common faith shared together as we put faith in Christ, he is the great high priest over this house so that we can approach the presence of God without fear as a heavenly Father that is good, that loves us. So our confidence that Jesus is present with us And that Jesus is for us. You know, he's for you. He's on your side. He's with you. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to have victory and peace and grace in your heart. Our confidence that Jesus is present and with us and for us in our gathering together. And in that final gathering when Jesus returns, it's not based on our merit or on our virtue, but on Jesus Christ's because he is the priest over the house, we are not. We are the sinners outside that don't deserve to approach, but because Christ brought in the sacrifice, now we can approach the presence of God through the veil, which is not a, which is not a tent veil, but which is the body of Christ, amen? Our gathering is a local church then, it's holy, <laughs> it is undeserved, it is a promised birthright by grace, and number four, it is corporate, sincere, and by faith. Let me explain. It says, verse 22, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. We are not in this gathering alone. What does it say? Let us draw near. We draw near, we draw near to God together as a, as a corporate expression of God's people in this, in this corner of the world because we believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, we together draw near to him. So we're not in this gathering alone. It wouldn't be a gathering if we, were to, if we were to be here alone. It says, let us draw near together. It doesn't say, let you draw near together. Let us draw near together. Drawing near to God through Jesus requires a corporate together advance. We're in this together, right? We gather as God's people, not to draw near to each other, as, much, as awesome as you all are, some of you are funny, some of you have, are just a lot of fun to be with, right? Other, other, like we, we have developed friendships, we start to care about each other and love each other, but as, as awesome as those friendships are, we essentially are not here for each other, we're here for Jesus Christ and the Jesus in each other. You see? To draw near to God requires that we do this with his people, not alone. It's a corporate approach that's characterized by the sincerity of faith. So we don't draw near to our common interest in bowling, right? Or um, to see who the the best cornhole player is, right? And I'll show, I'll prove just unequivocally without doubt that that's me afterwards. Um, But... That's not why we draw together, because we like to kayak or because, all these different things. I make friends there. We draw together because we love Christ. He is why we're here. He is what we love in each other, primarily. We love our other things about each other, secondarily, but primarily we love Christ. We are on our way to Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. And friends, that's why we're here. That's why we gather. Because we're on our way to Jesus. So our faith is corporate, it is sincere, and it's by faith, number five. We gather together because we are committed to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Friends, in our gathering... We are unswervingly committed to something, right? And it's not politics. I'm not saying politics isn't important. It's not what you think about the coronavirus or masks. That is not what we hold unswervingly to. I'm not saying those things don't matter and we shouldn't think those things through, but we are unswervingly committed to Jesus Christ. That, that way, you know why that's important? Because we need to be able to sit next to a Democrat without cringing. Or we need to be able to sit next to a Republican without cringing. Because our faith in Christ is what we hold unswervingly to. Amen? Not the color of your skin, not how much money you make. That's what we hold unswervingly to, to Christ. So we're not here to dismantle political lies or conspiracies. We're not here to support scientific or historical truths or principles. These these we might acknowledge as truthful and even acknowledge some of them as important, but our primary truth commitment is to the hope we profess in Jesus Christ. He is the one that's coming. Not a king, not a president, not a husband or wife, not a son or daughter. Christ is coming. Friends, do you hope for Christ to come in your life? Or are you hoping for something else to come in your life? A big break. Right? Olympic gold. That's what I want. Friends, hold unsweet. We come together to remind ourselves that we must hope in Christ and walk by faith and not by sight. That he is our ultimate prize. He is the goal of life and nothing else is. Why might you swerve on the road? You know, and Warren now, if you start texting on the road, they will stop you and they will give you um, a court date. They won't even give you a ticket. They'll just say, show up on this date. You, you know, sometimes we swear. Why do we swerve on the road? Well, we're changing our music. We're, we're texting, God forbid. Right, that's why we swerve because our eyes aren't fixed ahead of us. Friends, Christians are to live like this, with their eyes on Jesus Christ. Not, on, not their eyes on their wife or their husband or their children or college or grades. Your eyes are to be fixed on Jesus Christ because when they aren't fixed on Christ, we start to swerve and we start to hit things. Isn't that true? He is not one among many other pleasant things in life that we enjoy. He is not part of the buffet that we eat a lot of good food from, right? He is the joy, He is the buffet. Oh, let our eyes hold unswervingly to the hope and promise that one day we will be presented His bride to Him forever. You see? We gather to live out and proclaim and celebrate Christ. He is the governing principle of life. That's what this means. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. He is the governing principle of life by which we can have hope and consequently we, are to, we can appreciate all the other pleasant things of life. You see, we really can't appreciate marriage or kids or work until Christ is above it all. Because if those things are above all those things, we're a mess, we're a wreck. That thing needs to work out, or what does it mean about me, right? But when Christ is above it all, we can begin to forgive. We can begin to enjoy our work without worshiping our work right? We can enjoy our spouse without worshiping them. You see, fix your, o- your hope on Christ. Hold unswervingly to the hope that you profess in Christ. So we gather as God's people to live out, proclaim, and celebrate that God is with us. He has made us whole, given us life, saved us through his son Jesus, and he's coming again quickly to establish his life perfectly in us forever. Isn't that good news? sixth our gathering together is an accountability in other words it's personal we know each other and let us consider verse 24 let us consider how we how we might spur one one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing But encouraging one another. Now it's getting sticky. Now it's getting dicey. Now we're starting to be able to smell people, right? And hear people and deal with their foibles and idiosyncrasies, right? Because now it's just getting real. It's getting communal. You see this? Consider how we can spur one another towards love and good deeds. How are you gonna do that if you don't know anybody? How are you gonna do that if all all your spiritual life is is behind a screen, right? or, or if, all, if all it is is as important as reading the word is, if, if all it is is reading the word in the morning and then just kind of doing your thing for the rest of the day, and you, and you have no fellowship, you see we're missing out on something that scripture calls us, let us consider how we might spur one another on to love and good deeds, not, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit, but encouraging one another. Friends, our gathering together is real, it's, in, it's, it's real life, person-to-person relationships. That's why we're here this morning, right? You know the word for meeting together? It's, it's where we get the word synagogue from. So there's the implication here is there, the Bible gives us sort of like formal instruction on how to have orderly gatherings together, what it tells us to do when we gather, what kind of order should be present. So this, this is more even than just talking about Jesus with someone, it's actually ordering our life together according to the principles of the New Testament, right? So in other words, it's why we have pastors in our gathering, it's why we pray, it's why we take the Lord's Supper, because the Bible gives us sort of an order in which when we gather together, there are certain things that he wants us to do together, see? So, so that's, that's sort of implied here by this meeting together language, which is the word for synagogue. It's a reference to a formal and orderly gathering of God's people, and it, both on the Lord's day but continually. See? So, so when we meet together, when we gather together, it's not, simple, it's not simply just to talk about Jesus over coffee. The, the Bible instructs us to do certain things in our gathering. But it's more than a formality. So please don't get me wrong. It's more, to, more than just an orderly process of fellowship. It's not just to hear a sermon. Friends, we do gather to hear God's word taught. That's what we're doing right now. But we do this, and if, if you gotta take this away from this passage here. We do this, we hear God's word in relationship with each other. You see, we do it together. We know each other's names. We know each other's stories. We know the weights that you're carrying. You see, how on earth are you going to spur anyone on to love and to good deeds if you don't know anybody? See, I'm not, I'm not talking about personality stuff here, where some people are just social bumblebees and they know everyone's name, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just godly friends. It can be one or two or three or seven, but people who are allowed to speak into your life, and that you speak into theirs, you see? So it's not just a formality, or it's not just an orderly thing. We are called to, did you see this word encourage one another? Um, That word encourage is very important, in Greek it's parakaleo, alright? So let me explain this, you know like a, like a parallel? You ever hear that word, something parallel is side by side, right? Side by side. Um, kaleo, what does that sound like? Call, speak. So what does this mean, to encourage? There is a calling, a speaking of God's word, right? A hearing of God's word that's part of our relationship. But it's not just someone sending you a recording. It's not just something coming through a screen. They're para, they're with you. You see, parakaleo, it's the word of God coming from a friend who's on your side. You see? Scripture calls us to this sort of encouragement so that we're not alone. Friends, you are not alone. And what God calls us to in our fellowship is a parakaleo fellowship. It's one by which we speak God's word to each other side by side, face to face. We're in each other's lives. It's more than just showing up and even just coming on Sunday or, or on any day. It's loving the Lord and loving his people and having a relationship with you. You know, Paul often um, sent letters to the church, and you know, that wasn't good enough. He didn't say, okay, you got a letter, you don't really need to gather or know anybody because the letter's enough. He said, no, come together. He even said many, uh, many times, this letter isn't enough. I wish I could be with you right now. I wish I didn't have to send you a letter because I want to be with you. I long to be with you. You see this all over the, the letters that he writes throughout the New Testament. Fre- friends, the gathering isn't just a letter. It's not just a means of communication. It's not, sh- it's not just hearing God's word. It's, that is essential to it, but it's hearing it together. You see? With each other. <clears throat> Remember, that if Jesus is present with us in our meeting together, in our friendships and our fellowship, if God is present with us in those moments, then to neglect those times of gathering is to really neglect the presence of God himself, the, the presence of Christ. It's to give up meeting with Jesus. So our gathering together as a church, it's, it's in person, it's relationship, it's face to face, it's para, but it's not just that. It's not just friendships. It's not just a bowling buddy, right? It's also a collet- oh, a calling out of God's word. It's a fellowship of the promises of God. And finally, this is the last point I'll make and then we'll be done. What time is it? Oh, I'm doing good. You thought I was going long, but I'm not. It hasn't even been 30 minutes yet, so. So I got, I got like 20 more. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the seventh thing that it is our gathering together, as God's people are meeting together, it is urgent. What does verse 25 say? And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now some people argue, about what is this day? What's the day that's approaching? Some people argue it could be your day. In other words, there's a day around the corner where that thing that you never wanted to happen happens. That loss, that grief. It's a day, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Psalm 23. So it's very personal and private to you. It's, it's like sort of your moment of everything in my life is falling apart, and what do I do? Right? Some, and, and so some people say that day is sort of specific to, to your life. Other people say it's, it's a coming day when Christ returns, and this earth as we know it is gone. And all the things that we thought were so important, we loved in and hoped for are gone. And now what matters is Christ. And that day is coming, right? Could it, is it possible that maybe in this, there's a little bit of both happening? Can we we really separate our own personal day with the coming of Christ? Because it's in those days that we meet him, that we need to cling to him and trust that he is coming, right? So I see in this maybe a a reference a little bit to both our own personal day, our own own day where that day is approaching, that thing, that tragedy, that I I just have no idea how I could ever handle it. The day is approaching, right? Christ is coming. You see, friends, it is urgent all the more as you see the day approaching. You want to know why? Because Christ is coming back, And we need to forever be reminded by his people that Christ is what matters in life. You see, because the tragedies of life, if they can do anything for us, they can remind us that what we need most is for Jesus to come. Right? We need Christ. We need to love him most. And we need his love on us. You can almost sort of feel the the, the gravity of this sentence. All the more as you see the day approaching. Oh, friends, can you see it approaching? Oh, let's open our collective eyes. Look at the world around us. The day is upon us. And we need to parakaleo. We need to be with each other and remind each other that Jesus is coming back so we don't need to panic. Right? Because our good God and Heavenly Father is coming back to set everything to right. He is. So don't give up. Don't give up calling out to each other. Don't give up being with each other and reminding each other of the promises of God and the hope that we have in Jesus because he is returning quickly. Oh, the darkness is advancing. It's true. You know that. And life is short. So we need friends to passionately pursue Christ together. Amen? So don't give up. Would you not give up? Don't give up on your meeting together, on our meeting together. We are the body of Christ by faith. Don't give up on each other. We need each other because we need Christ. Um, I wanna note something as we close. Um, This isn't some like manipulative trick for me to get more people to come to our church, right? Oh, this is convenient for you, man. You just, you know, you have a big ego. You just want more butts in the seats. Um, You might argue that, that I could have an agenda. Only God knows my heart. I could be a liar, right? But let me just say this. I'm not asking you to collectively, together, serve Jesus Christ in this place with Refuge Church. I'm asking you that wherever you find yourself in life, whether it be China or Russia or Bristol, find God's people and don't give up on them. Love them as you would love Christ. So if this isn't the place that, that's, that, that you're gonna do that in, okay. And, and that's fine because one day it will be because when Christ returns, it's just one place. Isn't that true? So one day, one way or another, you're gonna end up in my church. gotcha well Christ's right and of which he is the chief shepherd and pastor and none of us will even be needed as shepherds or pastors because the chief shepherd will return for us amen because we gather together with God's people let us be reminded it is holy it is sacred it is one of the ways in which we experience the presence of God in the body of Christ It's the promised gift given to us by God's grace. It is the communal expression of our sincere love and trust in Jesus for our life and joy. Right? It's how we proclaim and defend the gospel to each other and to the world around us. And it's our source of strength as we're with each other calling to each other the promises of the gospel of Christ. Friends, can I encourage everyone who's trusted in Jesus as savior and Lord, draw near, welcome back. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how we love you. We thank you so much, Lord, for saving your people, your bride. And we are just sort of a small example this morning in this room of the body of Christ, which has for thousands of years, you have been saving and gathering and calling to faith. And then one day when you return from the north, south, east and west from these winds, you'll gather every nation and every tribe and every tongue as one. God, I pray, Lord, this morning, help us to not, especially as the day draw near, to not give up on our together faith and our encouraging each other in Christ. God, I pray, Lord, um, that we indeed would see all that you've done for your bride and that we would love you as we love your bride. God, thank you um, for this, this day. God, give us a deepening commitment in Christ. And if there's anyone that does not know Jesus yet in a saving way, friend, the Bible says that, the, the, um, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, God, uh, uh, friend, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ right now, that you stop trusting in yourself, or your own victories, or your, or your material blessing around you, Stop putting your trust in those things and redirect it to Christ. Understand that your greatest need is to be reconciled to God. He is what you've been looking for. And trust in Him. Jesus died, was buried, and was risen for sinners like us so that we could have a forever eternal home as His body. Come to Him. Cry out to Him God, save me, I'm a sinner. And He will. And God, for the rest of us that are gathered this morning, I pray, Lord, that we could encourage each other, that we would know each other, that we would seek each other in the encouragement that we provide. God, thank you for this church. Bless us now as we continue our worship service. In Jesus' name, amen.